calling all overwhelmed coaching and service-based entrepreneurs. Are you struggling with working in and on all the things when it comes to your business? Delegating projects to your team, struggling with apps, tools, and programs that are supposed to make you feel more productive? You are not alone. We have created this podcast for you. Tune in each week to hear how you can create structure within your business, learn when it's time to hire a team, and be the fly on the wall for the episodes when we talk with other entrepreneurs who were in this same situation, but worked through it with the help of a team. Welcome to the Business Managers Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to today's edition of the Business Managers Podcast. We are here today with our dear friend, Nicole Lewis Kieber. She is a business therapist and mindset coach who works with entrepreneurs to create and nurture healthy relationships with their businesses. She is a licensed clinical social worker with a master's in social work and has a rich and varied experience as a therapist. She is certified in Brene Brown's Dare to Lead methodology. She's also been featured on numerous media outlets, including Fast Company and NPR, for her work in breaking the stigma of mental health and business ownership. She writes and speaks about the impact of small T trauma on businesses, but her biggest, more important work is in combining therapeutic processes with business coaching to help entrepreneurs build emotionally sustainable and financially stable businesses. Welcome, Nicole. Thank you for having me. Oh my God. We are so excited to have you here today. I am too. Like you, I tell you all the time, are my Shiro. It is my honor to have you on our podcast. Checks in the mail. (laughs) Checks in the mail. (laughs) I mean, she can't escape it. Every time I see her, I'm like, you're my Shiro. I love you. (laughs) You know, it's just how it is, right? I feel the same about you. Mm -hmm. Yep. So let's just jump right in because we have a lot to talk about. Mm I would like for you to start by telling us about your journey and how you got to where you are today. So my parents met in college. (laughs) (laughs) From the day you were born, please. It was a cold, dark night. (laughs) I came a month early and surprised everybody. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So as my bio would suggest, I was a therapist for 18 years and I worked on a lot of different places. If they were people, you name it, in any population from, you know, dealing with addictions to marriage counseling, EAP, military, you name it, I've been there, I've done it. So after being in the therapy realm, doing clinical work for 18 years, I left because I was pretty burnt out. I was crispy and I had, it was having a lot of physical issues that were just weird. You know, they were working me up for MS at one point because they were trying wow. to figure out what's wow. going on. It's because I was just burnt out. Because in these helping industries, they don't teach you how to take care of yourself. In fact, they prefer that you not think that you actually do, you should take care of Mm. yourself. And so there's just no room for like, you know, energetic hygiene or giving yourself some breaks and boundaries and all the good things that we need. And so it just burnt me out. And Mm -hmm. so I left the uh, clinical practice to do some work behind the scenes. Like it was, you know, data entry just to take a break. Yeah. And I started work. I know, just mindless, just to yeah. hide in my house yeah. <laughs> and right. recover. And part of that recovery, I actually worked with a life coach because I was really curious about the life coaching industry. And, you know, honestly, as therapists, we kind of like raise our eyebrow at it go, mm, who are these people? What are they doing? But I really loved it. I really loved the person I worked with. And she showed me that, that coaching could be a viable profession for me because it helps people move towards the goal that they want to go to. 
as opposed to working with people who are kind of mandated to be in the room with me and not right. Yeah. Very different energy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> kind of fun. And so I really loved it. So I decided that I would like to be a coach and I started doing money mindset coaching with small business owners and entrepreneurs uh, when I first started my business. Yeah. And that money mindset work is super important because if you don't do that work, it's really hard to be an entrepreneur. It really is. And it was so eye-opening to me just to go through the certification program because, of course, I'm taking everything that I would then teach people. Um, I trained with Margaret Lynch Rainier, I think it's her new last name. I think you're right, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, certified tapping in the wealth coach. But going through the program myself, I really saw how, you know, becoming a social worker in particular, that I I really had taken a vow of poverty. You know, I didn't... Mm. Money wasn't important to me. I wasn't taught that money should be a focus and that it actually was, you know, not something to to work towards. It was more about being in service. And I recognized that I was being in service in a way that was really disempowering to me. And so when I began to see how much could open up for someone when they change their perspective on money and they change those family paradigms and social paradigms around what money is available to you, that it can change everything. And it really did. It not only was it something that I could help other people with, but it really helped me within my own business to get it started to feel like that, yeah, I could be a business owner, even though I had worked for other people most of my life. And I'm so thankful for that training because it really is a game changer when you can see how, you know, I always looked at it as how trauma was impacting our money. And so I kind of had that lens upon it. And it was, you know, again, I use the word liberating. <laughs> it was very liberating. It, hmm. Absolutely. Because I mean, I think for a lot of us growing up, we have, we see how our families operate Mm -hmm. with money and we kind of mirror that until we don't, until we do the work and learn that it doesn't have to be that way. That because you're doing a job where you serve others that you can make money, it's not bad. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And you know, we download it all when we're kids, like what's Mm -hmm. going on around us, the conversations around money, the lack of conversations around money you know, whatever's popular in society that, you know, I, the formative years of my life were in the 80s. So for me, all of the, you know, uh, messages around wealth were like JR and Dynasty, and like, <laughs> yeah. you know, Victor Newman from the youngest. <laughs> <laughs> None of which are nice people, by the way. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. You have to be like greedy to mm-hmm. have, if you're greedy, then you can have money that you deserve money. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm you moved on from, you know, tapping into wealth and and now you have other programs. So like, tell us a little bit about how you got into the Brene Brown work. Cause that really like people love her. And how did that work out for you? Like, how did you get yeah. into that? So it's a little bit of a journey. Um, then that, you know, as I mentioned that I saw a lot of people's, you know, the people who I was talking to, they didn't have a mindset issue around money necessarily. They actually had trauma responses within their money. And so I began to follow that thread of like how trauma impacts our money. And then I began to see within my own business that I was rec- I was actually replicating some childhood trauma patterns within my own business. And after I had that clarity, I began to see it happening with my clients too. And so I went on this research journey on um, having all these conversations. I think it's to, the, to date I've had about 270 com- 275 conversations with small business owners and entrepreneurs about childhood trauma and its impact on their business. And so this research project has really shown me how important it is for us to look at that. And what it's, and so how this led me to Brene is, you know, first of all, she's a social worker. So how long mm-hmm. to the social right. worker. Yeah. 
And she was this thought leader, this trailblazing thought leader who's out there talking about a topic that people really don't want to talk about, like trauma or Mm -hmm. shame and vulnerability. And so I really kind of used her as a model to stick to the topic. You know, I had business coaches that wanted me to call it anything else but trauma. They're like, don't use the T word. You're going to scare people. And I just finally put my foot down. I said, no, we need to call a thing a thing so people can see themselves in this, right? Because Mm -hmm. it is true. And, you know, Brene talks about how, you know, she would go to give a talk at a rotary club or something. And they say, just don't use the word shame. We don't really want to talk about shame. And she'd say, well, then I'm not your person. Right. Because that's what we need to talk about. And so I really used her as a model to see what it takes to be a trailblazer on a topic that people want to you know, sweep under the rug and not talk about. And as I began to follow her and read her books and, you know, see how she really leaned into her values, I, of course, started to fangirl <laughs> over her. And then this opportunity came available to do, to apply to be in her Dare to Lead uh, certification program. And I jumped and I applied mm-hmm. as soon as they opened the doors. Like I, I applied immediately, was very lucky to be picked. Um, I think that, uh, I think they said like 2% of the people who applied got picked. And so um, it led me to be able to train with her to learn how to help people uh, with these processes of what it means to be a daring leader and a courageous leader. And it's been super helpful to me in my own work, helping me lead the charge to say, no, we are calling it trauma. We're not calling it burnout. Mm -hmm. And so it's just been aligned with the work that I do as well. Mm -hmm. And it's just been a fantastic experience. Yes, I was fortunate enough to be able to go through your training once you became certified. And it really is an eye-opening um, body of work. Things that you don't even think of that are little T trauma, it's crazy. Like yeah. you muddle through life thinking like everything's okay and that you didn't have any, or but it's not true. And yeah. to call a thing a thing, you know, once you understand, you know, that it was a thing, it's, it's, it's easy to, it, it, well, not easy because everything, it's hard, but it's, it's refreshing to know that you're not alone. Yeah. I think it's just a topic that we don't, we don't talk about as a society and a culture. It's much easier to pretend like it's not happening and, you know, just tell people, oh, you just had a rough childhood or everybody had a hard time or, yeah. you know, bullies are normal or you know, any and all the things mm-hmm. like, you know, it's just not true. Those experiences change how we see ourselves in the world and, how we see ourselves in the world is how we do things. And so our career choices, our relationship choices, our businesses, it just, Mm -hmm. it just does, you know, just like shame does. Yeah. And I think knowing what, what it is helps you be able to change your perspective on so many things. Yeah. And I think that's why Brene's work is so cool too, is because it kind of helps us normalize our experience and put some language to it. Yeah. That we're not the not supposed to feel this way that we just (laughs) need, tools on how to navigate how we're feeling right because we're human beings and we're gonna feel these ways and we're gonna you know we all have shame everybody has it everybody has been taught that vulnerability is weakness and you know we just have to lean into these concepts so that we can open up to our humanity a bit and Mm -hmm. be kinder to ourselves and I don't know about you having a business is hard enough without me berating myself and using myself within it. And so right. I think <laughs> we're being a Here leader, you know, right. it's hard. You need yeah, to- absolutely. Which leads me to my next question for you. Like we've seen so much change over the past year due to, due to the pandemic. Are you noticing like more business owners stepping up when it comes to leading through a crisis? 
Like what kind of evolution have you seen through this? It's so interesting that you asked that question because this time last year was about the time when everything was shutting down and I saw some very interesting things happening. And some was, you know, one of the things I saw is that some business owners were rushing in, right? So they were rushing in, they were um, offering programs and having webinars and panels. And there was just a lot of activity around what was happening. And, you know, Brene Brown talks about when we're in a crisis that we either overfunction or underfunction. There's probably some nuance around that, but it's kind of like what the research shows is that we either overfunction in a crisis or underfunction. Mm. So the people that I saw rushing in to like start to try and control it, and like if we talk about this, maybe it'll go away. Or if we, you know, we can stop the panic if we offer you a group program to, you know, like it was just a lot of noise. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. what the? <laughs> that didn't work. <laughs> no. And so I saw this, I'm like, oh, they're overfunctioning. Like, yeah. You know, they're they're having this trauma response where they want to fight. You know, I, I look at it from a trauma perspective and that they're in fight mode. Right. Mm-hmm. And so they're going to rush in. They're going to try and control it. They're going to try and, you know, throw all the things at it. And then on the other side of it, I saw people like me who I tend to be an under functioner and tend to freeze who were really situated to be able to be a, a lot of help to people who are really struggling and having anxiety about this. And I was in freeze mode. I knew I could help. But I couldn't get past my own freeze and my own underfunctioning in a crisis to put myself out there. Um, and so I began to see these patterns and dynamics playing out. But the good news is, is that the overfunctioners burned themselves out in about a month. <laughs> 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 That's not really good news. But they yeah, did. Like they, yeah. And so by that point, people like me kind of had, you know, had time to process it and start to you know, step up and offer perspective and some tools for dealing with you know, crises and, you know, how to manage this trauma, because what we've experienced over this past year is a trauma. Mm -hmm. Um, We are still actively in this trauma. And so whether you thought you had childhood trauma or not, you know, you do now. And so there's some, you know, some things that I could bring to the table. And then I saw a lot of people being really hard on themselves. Like I had clients who would say to me, you know, I'm not prepared. I can't believe that I can't make this offer now or having to change all these changes were having to happen. And I said to them, I said, are you, let me hear you straight. Are you holding yourself responsible for not being prepared for a pandemic? Is that what I'm hearing? Right. Once in like, a century, <laughs> you yeah. know, that's nothing we can prepare for. Right. But you're going to hold yourself responsible yeah. for it. And I said, if yeah. you are doing this, I can only imagine how mean you are being to yourself and your business every day. Right. So I also saw that where a lot of people were beating themselves up and you know, really not handling how their business model needed to change because they were holding themselves hostage by their emotional response to it. And so we've had to really kind of look at this hustle culture and this hustle mentality. We don't have the brain width and the capacity to maintain what is needed to stay in the hustle this past year. Mm. Our brains are processing massive amounts of information. Our nervous system is responding the way that nervous systems do. And when you think about how we, you know, we give a little bit of history on how we regulate our emotions as human beings, we rely on caregivers. Like I, we didn't drop out and start running, right? We need people to take care of us. It's a great visual. <laughs> we need caregivers. And so we yeah. learn our, how safety works for us in the world from looking at our caregiver's face or being in community with each other. That is how we co-regulate with each other. And so here we are having this thing happen 
It's impacting our businesses. It's impacting our money. And now we can't be with each other. We can't touch anyone. We can't, we're wearing masks. So we can't get those automatic nervous system cues about whether we're safe or not. Talk about a soup for burnout. Mm -hmm. And so I think, you know, over the past year, what I have reflected to people over and over is you don't have the same capacity that you had before. Your brain is processing so much more information and your nervous system does not have a chance to repair itself. We're not sleeping as well. And that's when our nervous system can to process information and repair. All of those things are not available to us. And the systems that our brain kind of gets lazy about anticipates being there, like being able to go to the ER if you're hurt, going to your doctor's office when you're sick, school being in session, mm. going to all of these things that we are so used to that provide structure and, and foundations. They're not there anymore. They're gone. You know, mm-hmm. all of it's gone. And so, but we're still trying to maintain business as usual in our, in our businesses. It's just not the right thing to do to yourself. We've had to change what our, our perspective on what success means and be more fluid, I think. And the people who are able to do that are still here. And those who were fixed in their mindset about how things have to be done, I've seen the businesses closing you know, yeah. because there was no resilience there. Yeah. That was a long answer. No, but I think resilience is like the key word for this whole, you know, pandemic, you know, aside from the other word that we've been using a lot, which is pivot. Pivot. (laughs) (laughs) But it's probably the word of the century right now, you know, like pivot and resilience and Mm -hmm. wear a mask, wear a mask, wash your hands. But you're right in saying like, we didn't think we had trauma growing up, most of us, right? But if you look over where we're all about the same age here if you look over your life look at we what we've been through let's take out just growing up with your dysfunctional families out of the thing mm-hmm. you've got 9-11 you've got wars you've got mass shootings you've now got a pandemic not people normally get one of those things mm-hmm. it's all been thrown on us and it's we mm-hmm. yeah you yep we're all effed up we're all yeah. uh yeah we've all seen trauma for sure right and we grew up in this generation where we're pretty sure that the soviet union was going to bomb the hell out of us so we, we we're kind of dystopian like ah what's the point right you know right right so <laughs> i think we were a little bit prepared for this actually our, our yeah. generation was really oh great okay, well kelly talks thing. all the time about how like she's you know we're generation x and we were built for this we trained right for this yeah. all our life <laughs> we've trained think- for this I think it's so true. And I think that, you know, that's been a unique factor to some of the the entrepreneurs that I've seen who've been able to, you know, shift and change and kind of, you know, let go of stuff and deal with what is have been people who are either uh, super young and really, really know how to use social media, those type of things, or yeah. they're kind of in our camp of like, okay, one more shit show to deal with. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right. What's yeah. next? I know. I know. And all you have to do is just look at one John Hughes movie. You know, like we were indoctrinated into trauma being normal. Yes. <laughs> so. yes. Absolutely. All of those movies were. Seriously. If <laughs> I said here, of it. what was he thinking? Breakfast Club? Pretty in pink? All of them. That was. I mean, he had his fingers on the pulse of like he teenage did. trauba. He sure did. Yeah. Sure and we did. love God him for it. Yeah. We, we love him. Do. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so here we are. Still laughing. We have a whole podcast on John Hughes films because they were (laughs) epic. Uh huh. You know. (laughs) So 
What are you most proud of in of when it comes to your journey? Mm -hmm. I think that I'm most proud of that that I recognized how my own childhood trauma was was uh, trying to eradicate my business. <laughs> and not only did I recognize it and begin to fix it, but it has been the foundation of the work that I now do. And it's the mm -hmm. perfect intersection of my training as a therapist, my training as a coach. My curiosity is someone who has a neurodivergent brain. Like I'm very curious about patterns or how things intersect. So I also think that that is something I'm super proud about because it's not something that I was before, you know, like the way that my brain uniquely sees challenges and it's created a body of work, a body of research. You know, um, I have, you know, my love your business book is going to be published within a month or so. Yeah. Ooh, and so it's I can't wait. I know. Okay. <laughs> so I completely forgot to tell you that. <laughs> I've been so, waiting. Yeah. So I'm really <laughs> proud of it because, you know, I'm proud of the body of work and I'm proud, I'm proud that I figured out how to be in business in a way that works for me and that I can be someone who you can stand up and say, yeah, you know, we don't drop our baggage at the door. We start a business. We bring all of who we are into it, including our trauma. And there's people who not wanted you to see your experiences of trauma because it's inconvenient for them. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So let's bust that too. So yeah. there's a lot of people who are not happy with me and I'm okay with that. They're not your people. They're not my people. There's therapists who don't like what I do. There's coaches who don't like what I do. There's yeah. You know, people who tell me not to use the word trauma and that's, and there's a lot of people who use trauma, traumas for sale right now. You know, since the pandemic, trauma's for sale. So there's mm. a lot of people who are using mm. that word who are not qualified to really help people with it too. So I'm out there yelling at them too. So yep. I just, <laughs> <laughs> keep cool yelling. Opportunity. Yeah. Keep yelling because I'm proud of myself. <laughs> But we, we don't need people exploiting it either. You know what I mean? Because that's the exact opposite of what you do. Yeah, you know, you teach, yeah, you teach people to do no harm in their business, you know, and, and that's super important. Tell us a little bit about that program that you have. Yeah. Do no so harm. do no harm kind of evolved from the uh, research that I was doing and the really crappy shit I saw people doing <laughs> in the online space. And so I, you know, I work with people at pretty high price points personally and you know, privately, and I have a few programs that are a little bit more you know, reasonably priced, but I wanted to do something that was kind of more educational and kind of awareness building that wasn't too much into like um, process groups or mm -hmm. we didn't get too deep personally for each person. Like there's not, I wanted to be more um, educational so it yeah. could be at a price point that was more you know, reasonable. Mm -hmm. um, and so I created the Do No Harm Intensive because I wanted people to understand that, you know, first of all, to be able to identify what their trauma might be, how it's impacting their business how I tend to see trauma impact people's businesses from the research, you know, and then how we need to be trauma conscious as entrepreneurs, because the people that are in our business or that we're working with, whether it's your employees, vendors, you know, clients, that they also have trauma that they're bringing to the table. And I see a lot of really harmful practices happen in the coaching space, you know, in the transformational work uh, where people are not trauma informed. And so they do harm to their clients or in their coaching communities because they don't understand trauma, you know, like group dynamics. And so there's a lot of harm that happens outside of awareness. And so I really wanted to pro provide this space where people could learn how to not, to do no harm to their people, their processes and their profits. And we kind of talk about that. And I think that this is the most important 
work for me right now because I, I want you to not do harm to yourself, but I really don't want you doing harm to other people either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I see that happening over and over and over. And we will not evolve as an industry and more people are going to be hurt and move away from their purpose and move away from the help available to them if we do not get more trauma conscious people out there. So I would really love, I personally would like to create a certification around it at some point or to at the very least have a directory of people who have been through this program so I can say to them, because I get asked all the time about resources and referrals. So I can say, yeah, this person over here, this copy editor, they went through Do No Harm. They are a trauma conscious entrepreneur. Yes, this business coach over here, they went through Do No Harm. They at least have a cursory knowledge of how trauma shows up for their clients. Yeah, this, uh, you know, sales funnel person, like mm-hmm. whatever it may be. I would love to mass a group of people who've done this work so that I can make referrals out that are meaningful and I can vouch for because I can't do that right now. Right. Yeah. And I, I think, think that's, that would, super yeah, that's helpful. a great idea. Yeah. That's a great idea. I mean, who wouldn't want that? Who, anyone that's conscious enough about that and understands it wants to surround themselves by people that have done the work. So I think yeah. that makes a lot of sense to, to, to do that and mm-hmm. get those people through the, through the training, you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and especially, we have therapists in there yeah. because they, oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, they want to understand how business, how trauma shows up with business so they can help their clients. You know, mm. so I've got therapists in the you. Yeah, I think that's super important, especially with the way the world is right now. You know, there are people that you would want to work with based on how they are in life. And there are people that you wouldn't want to work with. And if you had a directory of people that you know are, you know, safe, (laughs) safe, yeah, that are similar to your beliefs and, you know, similar in that, you know, that they don't want to cause harm, Mm -hmm. that would be helpful. Yeah, I think I couldn't say enough about that. Yeah, I taught I, I did an Instagram post only about a month ago where I said, you know, if you are not doing your own work, you're not allowed in my business. I'm not hiring anybody that's not doing their own work around their you know, personal development, their trauma awareness, their intersectionality, you know, around mm-hmm. trauma and how it shows up in different you know populations, because trauma is not just a clinical lens in which I have, mm-hmm. you know, there's social trauma, there's racial trauma, there's all the all of them. Right. So. Mm-hmm. We have to be aware of it and understand um, how it all kind of intersects together so that we can be more trauma conscious as entrepreneurs. And that's part of the doing no harm as well. Yeah, absolutely. And you can't we can't say that, you know, going back to what I said earlier, we can't say we haven't been through trauma. No one can look at themselves or anyone else and say, no, I've not gone through any trauma. Oh, you have. I'm so, okay. I'm okay. None of I'm that like, can happen anymore. Okay. So we've got another conversation <laughs> we need to have then. <laughs> Let's yeah. take a step back, shall yeah. we? Yeah. <laughs> so am I right in saying you have a wait list for this currently? Yes. We just finished up our last, you know, harm and um, I'm adding a few components to it. So mm-hmm. I have a wait list and I'm, I'm probably going to launch it sometime in May with us starting up in June. In fact, we have a class, a workshop this afternoon that uh, Kaylin Aaron is teaching on trigger-free copy, how to write trigger-free copy, Ooh. which is going to be in the next Do No Harm. So I'm adding some like little extra guest experts on you know these type of things. Because obviously as an entrepreneur, if you decide you don't want to do any harm and I'm telling you that your copy can be harmful, they want to know how to not do that. So Yes, yes, I would love to I, know that. Yeah, and that's not my area of expertise. I can give you some basic information, but Eric and Kaylin can really help. So 
yeah, so it's going to be really interesting and it's going to evolve a bit since our, our previous cohorts. And I think that that's the whole point, you know. So if they jump on your mailing list, which will we'll give mm-hmm. them the info because you send that out, right? Am I? Yeah. And I actually have a link to a wait list I can give you all too. Oh, cool. Awesome. We'll put that in the show notes. And and I know that you have a um, another Dare to Lead coming up, but I think that will be full by the time we launch this podcast. But how often do you think you'll be running those programs? Yeah, so I think the next one that we do will be in the fall because we there's a new curriculum out that um, oh. Renee released. It's it's a little bit of a different format. It's the same information, just a different yeah. format. And so um, we're going to brush up on that and then offer it again in the fall. And that will that stay virtual? Do you think? Yeah, yeah. I think at some point we might do a Dare to Lead retreat for people who've been through the program, yep. you know, to kind of deepen the work. But I've really enjoyed doing it online because we can slow it down a bit. Yeah, the mm-hmm. one that Melissa went through, man, that was like on fire. And it's now five weeks for four hours. Yeah, y'all went through it <laughs> really fast. <laughs> so we have more room for it now. And I think that we have people from all over the world in it now. We wouldn't be able to do that in person. Yeah. yeah that's some really cool people. Well, and I think that when we went through it, well, when I went through it, it was like, they were like, this isn't, you know, this is like a two-time thing and then we're gonna not do this so I think I'm glad that they have uh changed that because it does give you the opportunity to like be worldwide you know and not and it saves money for everybody you know not just you guys as the presenters you know because now you don't have to find a space to do it and host it and people don't have to spend money on hotels I think that's a really one of the really positive things that have come out of COVID life thanks COVID yeah (laughs) If Thanks you've done COVID. anything, you've saved for real money. this time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. COVID um, had a nice ripple effect. Right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I didn't ask you this in advance. I, so I don't really have, you haven't prepared. She's springing something I'm on springing you. Springing something well. on you. But it's really um, not that bad. It's really not that bad. You don't have to think too hard. But um, I've been asking all of our guests about a favorite business book that they would like to share with our audience. Hmm. So it's not a business book, but it, it, it changed my business forever. It's the book Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. Mm. Oh, I love that book. Like the moment of awareness that I had that I was creating abusive relationships with my business came from reading that book. And it's all about creativity and how fear can hijack our creative mind. And I don't really know anyone who has started their own business or started an entrepreneurial endeavor that doesn't have a creative mind in some way. You know? mm. Um, yeah. or grapple with fear. So I think that book for me was, it was life-changing. That and The Big Leap. I think The Big Leap is an amazing book too. Yeah. We um, take one of our favorite phrases from The Big Leap, mm. zone of genius. Zone of genius. Mm-hmm. Um, and also you said that your book will be coming out within the month? Yeah, we I'm doing a self-publish. Oh, and so we're doing an ebook uh, launch and then we'll have it in print. And mm-hmm. I've been working on this book for four years. Like, what do you know? I'm, like, <laughs> my, I'm not a writer. So it's taking a lot of support to get this book out there. But it's, you know, how to love your business and not recreate childhood trauma in, in your business. And it's been not fun to write whatsoever, but I'm really happy it's over and that it'll start to make a ripple effect in the world too. So I'm psyched. I didn't I'm know about this. I'm, yeah. um, you sprung that on me. I'm, I'm excited. I can't when's wait for book? my autographed copy. Yeah. When's the book tour? 
<laughs> we'll see. We'll see how well it goes. Like, I, you know me, I'm kind of like, let's just slip it into the water a little bit and see how it goes. <laughs> and then we'll, you know, then we'll make some fanfare out of it because I'm not going anywhere in person right now. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you are due back for some yes. clams. Oh, my gosh. Yes, please. <laughs> yeah. Um, let me come back to New England. Yeah, you can me. at least test you test the waters up in New England for a visit. <laughs> right. and Charlie needs some leftovers. Oh, oh Charlie, hold on. <laughs> yeah, it's my introduction to the clam belly. I grew up in the in the south on the coast and never knew the clams had a belly ever until I went to New England and had dinner with you all. <laughs> I won't eat them anymore. Remember, I, I yeah, I started thinking too much about what was in those bellies and and that was it. Cut it off. <laughs> Wow, this podcast has taken a turn, folks. Oh, well, it always yeah. does. It does. <laughs> it always does. What a fun night. Now, y'all be the first the first place on the tour. Sweet. Awesome. We'll we have Zoe uh, fire up her car so we can get to wherever you're going to be. And get the hotel ready, you yeah. know, the Zoe Hotel. <laughs> yeah. Where can people find you on online, in the online space of the world? Yeah, so my website's nicole.lewis-keeper.com. I have website shame though, just like everybody, it's outdated and probably needs to be updated. So if you want to hear really what's going on mostly is to follow me on Facebook at Nicole Lewis Kieber Coaching, on Instagram, Nicole.LewisKieber. And there, you know, on the website, there is a, a, a option for the Do No Harm waitlist that you can sign up for there. There's also a newsletter sign up there. So if you want to get on my list, that's the best way, you know, to jump in is go to the website, you know, and, awesome. and see what's there. We'll put the links in the show notes. Thank you. And you do have a free gift, which we're going to drop in the show notes as well. And uh, we have a brand new group, an offshoot of the of the podcast. It's called the Business Managers Podcast Facebook group. So we'll drop all that information in there and, and make sure everyone can find you. And, and don't forget to get on the wait list for uh, Do No Harm. And then stay tuned for when Nicole releases her book that we yeah. can't all wait to read. Yes. And I can vouch from experience that the do no harm program is amazing and well worth the investment and time. So get on that wait list. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Is that your Nicole Lewis out Again and say that I am a a super fan. I am a (laughs) fangirl of Nicole Lewis Kieber. And uh, I think I've been through all of your programs. Oh, except for love your business. It's the only one I didn't do. Oh, I feel like I, I feel like you did like a premier primary like the group group book group one maybe maybe not I don't know you would know better than me so I feel shame, I feel shame about that but <laughs> no shame no, Do no shame harm, Melissa Do there's no, no shame in this game right well, mm-hmm. well thanks again uh, you know you are welcome back anytime my friend. We could talk about clam bellies and whatever you want to talk about. John Hughes movies, 80s. Yeah. And when the book comes out, we'll make sure we we share all the information. And thank you so much for coming on. Thank Mm -hmm. you for having me. This was fun. It was. It was fun. And we will see you on our next episode. Don't forget to follow, like, rate, do all the things on on the things. And stay tuned for our next episode. Everybody have a great day. We'll see you soon. Bye. Did you enjoy today's episode? If you did, help us grow with a follow, rate, and review. Check us out online at MergioEnterprises.com and on Facebook and Instagram at Mergio Enterprises. See you next week and tell your friends.